0: This is the Kavnis HR Podcast, and we want you to be great every day. Join us as we transform the human resources outsourcing industry while we talk to small business owners, founders, and people in tech, startup, and HR spaces. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Cavness.
1: Hello, and welcome to the HR Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cavness. Our guest today is Lee and Carrera. Lee, are you ready to be great today? I'm ready to be great. Lee is a CEO of Double Forte PR and Digital Marketing, a national agency headquartered in San Francisco with offices in New York, and a clean communication strategist. Lee is known for our practical solutions and big problems. A company works with some of the top consumer lifestyle, digital life, technology, and wine brands in the country. Lee serves on the board of directors for the Public Relations Council, the National Association for Public Relations Agencies, She's also the author of Millennials and Management, based on her experience with epically failing and then succeeding at retaining millennials in a business. Her second book, The Burmering Principle, inspiring lifetime loyalty from employees, provides a practical guide to building positive, high performance workplaces. Lee has a reputation for building cohesive, high-producing teams who get a lot done well and have fun at the same time. She is a straight talker who doesn't hold too many punches, although she does her best to be pleasant about it. Her big laugh and sense of humor have gotten her out of a lot of trouble. Lee is active in the community and currently serves on the Public Advocates Board of Governors and Grace Cathedral's Board of Trustees. Previously, served as a vice chair of the board for KQED Public Media, chair of the board for Community Gate Path, Miller's College Board of Trustees. I was a founding chair of the board of the St. Paul's Choir. Lee, you're doing a lot of great things there. Thank you for being here today.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Jason. I appreciate it.
1: So, Lee, with everything you have going on right now, what are you actually focusing on right now?
0: My brain is split into two. So, half my brain is on how to do great communication for our clients out in the world, and half my brain is focused on how to make sure we're communicating and being engaged, which I really don't like that word, with our employees. So we create sustainable businesses. And when I bring those two halves together, it really all comes down to leadership is communication. And the better we can communicate, the better we can be practical, the better it is not only for our businesses, but also for our employees.
1: Lee, you take great pride in having great teams. What is your definition of a high-performing workplace?
0: My definition of a high-performing workplace is a workplace where the work gets done During the day, (laughs) and you don't have to do too much extra when you don't have to do too much extra. You don't have to keep redoing your work. And during the day could mean many different things, but for in our business, it means that our work is being done on time and at a high degree of excellence for our clients during the time when the when our people when it best suits our people, not only for themselves, but also for the
1: team. Lean how have you been successful in having different generations work in your workplace? Like, you know, there's baby boomer generation X Mm -hmm. uh, millennials and all the other ones out there. How have you been able to make that a a one cohesive team with all those generations? Well,
0: I wasn't always successful at it. As I, as you said, in reading my bio about my first book, I failed miserably when we first started hiring millennials in the business, um, had a hundred percent failure rate in retention and, Decided we must have been doing something wrong. I went and looked at all the research on it and all the so millions of blog entries on how terrible millennials were, and decided they must be all wrong <laughs> because eighty million people can't all be terrible. And then I did my own research on it. Did talk to a lot of, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of people about it just so I could understand what really the problem was. And I think have turned that around dramatically. And then I wrote a book about it, obviously to share what I learned the hard way. I think what makes successful intergenerational workplaces are ones that are uh, focused on a purpose that people are can identify and and not only identify but align with, high expectations of work performance, and a high degree of context so that people understand that they are important on a team, that there's no work that doesn't matter, And then if they don't do the work, uh, they, you know, we can't do the work. And then lastly, that, you know, employee, we have an attitude that we know when we hire someone, they're going to leave us. So if we don't worry about it, people end up staying longer. (laughs) So when those kinds of things, when you have those different points of view and then do everything you can to line all how you work together, together up on that, then we seem to be able to get along and get along well.
1: Lee, a lot of people tell you that you should hire slow and fire fast. What's your mm-hmm. opinion on that?
0: I agree. I'm not very good at the hiring, uh, at the firing fast thing, but I agree.
1: Yeah, I don't think no one's good at firing fast.
0: But <laughs> hire, you know, it's, uh, we just hired five people here, Ooh, six, actually six people And it's, you know, everyone's like, oh, we'll find these people and they'll come in in two weeks. I'm like, no, it's going to take at least a month, people, maybe six weeks. And that for us is a long time. The, and it's frustrating in our business, we're a service business. We get, you know, our, our budget could double and we don't have the people for it. But if you hire the wrong person, it costs more than you can fathom, right? You can't even measure how much it costs. So it is more important to hire in a slow fashion that really finds the right person, uh, regardless of title. I mean, I think I think today we don't hire on title anymore. We hire for people because, you know, there's so much disruption in all of the businesses that the, the old titles that exist in the world, they have really, they're not as relevant as um, they used to be. It's more important to find the right person who can then grow with you over time than it is to find the right title kind of thing.
1: Lee, let's suppose someone's listening to this podcast and they're like, you know what? I don't work, work for Lee and her agency. That's a great report." Mm-hmm. How do they get your attention? What do we need to do to get on your radar?
0: Well, first they send me an email that doesn't say, dear Mr. Lee Her" because I get those emails every week and they go right into my trash pan. I am easy to find. And I think I'm identifiable as a woman. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so first get my gender right. Number one. Number two, go to my website. We have three podcasts on my website. There's one called Millennial Minded, and it's all about career. So go listen to, there's a series on how to get hired at Double Four. They go listen to that series, you know, (laughs) and tell me, tell me that you've listened to the series. Three, you want to, um, when you contact me or anybody in my team, you're going to be appropriately formal. And you're not going to have any typos because if you have a typo, we're going to put it right
1: into the trash.
0: So that's how you get our attention more than anything else.
1: Thanks, Lee. <laughs> Lee, for, the, for female entrepreneurs out there, entrepreneurs out there, just getting started, what advice you have for, you have for them?
0: You know, I think that this is a great time to be a female entrepreneur. Um, it's, also, it's, it's always challenging to be an entrepreneur. And... It's always challenging me a female in business. It's always challenging me a male in business. You know, they're just so, the, the rules are all changing. You know, there's a lot of things you need to worry about. For women getting started, I think that one, you have to remember that you don't get born with a thick skin. You grow a thick skin. So take a deep breath, right? Number one. Number two, you know, if you notice that you're being marginalized, Try, don't necessarily, I would say the first reaction would be to blame. My recommendation is to assess first instead of to blame. And in the assessment, sometimes we are doing things, women do things to themselves that don't help them and men don't even know it. So uh, in the assessment, you know, are you the first woman ever to be in that room? Is there five women who all sit together and all the men sit on the other side will split up? Are you getting talked over well then, when you're about to talk, get up and go get a drink and then just stand by where the the table with the drinks is and have everyone- w- watch you. You know there are things that you can do to help yourself be noticed and be heard um and I think fourth is you know you can if you get if you feel like you're being marginalized, you know that assessment and then do some corrective work and then you know seek a seek a one on one conversation with the person you think you're being marginalized buy and bring them examples of how they could do something different as opposed to just blame 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 because you don't get anywhere with pointing fingers
1: lee is there such a thing as a company being too small for public relations no <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a small business owner out there 10 20 employees what do uh-huh. you have for them to go just select a pr firm
0: Well, I think there's two things. One, you have to decide what your budget is. What is, how much money can you put towards this effort is the first thing, because every agency is going to come and say, what's your budget? Number two is, what do you want to get accomplished? Be really crystal clear about what is success for you. I want to be on the cover of the local newspaper, or I want to be in these five blogs, or I want someone on Twitter to follow me or whatever it is. Whatever, what is the business goal you want to achieve? Like who needs in our, the job of PR is to be, uh, to generate awareness, right? Positive awareness. So first it's like, like, what is the business goal? Right. Then uh, how much money do I have to spend on that business goal? Right. And then how much time are you willing to put into it? PR takes a long time. You know, you get a call all the time. Well, I'm going to have a launch next week. And what I require, you know, we just don't even talk to those people. We, you know, really good communications, really good public relations. You should be thinking at least three months out before what you want to have even talked about. And then another three months out from that, six months minimum, to sort of see the kind of result that you hope to get if you've never done it before. Also, who's going to be responsible? You can't, you know, we need one person to be responsible for your firm, not six because an agency will spend all it, you know, if you ask your agency to spend all its time chasing down your people, you're wasting all your money with them. So you need one person responsible for your firm.
1: Lee, for your agency, what is your target market? Is it a certain type of industry, certain size of industry, or do you just mm-hmm. take on all comers?
0: We do not take on all comers. We have three, well, you we have four rules. One is that somebody here has to be interested in your business because I think someone you always do better work when you're interested in your business. And there's a lot of reasons to be interested in something. But someone here has to be interested other than me. I'm interested in everything. I'm a terrible filter for that. I'm oh, everything sounds exciting <laughs> So and I don't run any accounts. So number two is we have to be good fit, right? Do we uh, do we have the right experience, do the right expertise? Are we have good chemistry? Because you can be a great client and a great agency and suck together. Three, you have to pay us and we take for us we we require 60 days up front and four no jerks. So that's the first set of criteria. The next set of criteria is we're really good in the consumer lifestyle space. So food and bev, health and wellness, sports and fitness, gear, you know, consumer gear, health and beauty, that kind of stuff, uh, consumer electronics, consumer technologies like video games, MR, AR, VR, and professional services. Um, we do not, so if it, in the, and also in food and bev, if you're in wine and spirits, we have a really good great expertise there so those are basically the three chunks of kinds of industries we're looking at and then from a size perspective you're spending prob- at least probably ten thousand dollars a month with us for a minimum of uh six months and that's probably our lowest client so most of our sweet spot is around twenty five thousand dollars a month
1: lee you know you'll talk some about your community service what i want you to give back to your community
0: you know, I started my company for many reasons. One is because my mother got... I lived in California. My mom, my parents lived at the time in Wisconsin. My mother got sick. I was, you know, was given three months to live. She ended up living four years. So I created my company so I could be wherever I wanted to be. But in my previous jobs, I really had no time for public service. I am relatively religious. I'm an Episcopalian by birth and part of our... Pareto in our church is that you use your gifts to, to make a difference for others. And I really, at that time, my you know, I was starting, um, I think I started the company. So 16 years ago, so 38. And I hadn't been able to really do that, spend my gifts uh, to make a difference for others. So I wanted to create a company where I could also have the time to do those things. So then I, once I did that, I was focused on the things that I care about most to focus my, Philanthropy. I'm. Um, I can't give a lot of money, but I can give some time and expertise.
1: <laughs> yes, and everyone says time is actually more valuable, you know, so... I think so. <laughs> Lee, moving on, can you talk about time you your success in the past? What you learned from the success and what we can learn from this?
0: From a, a people perspective, the in the dot-com boom, so in the first set, like 2098, 99, 2000, 2001, you know, it was impossible to, there weren't enough people to hire in the San Francisco Bay Area. And it, my office was a revolving door of people coming through and saying, I got a new job. And then I was, my boss, and the company I worked for was publicly traded. And, you know, what came down from on high was don't lose any bodies, like counter if you need to. So everyone would come into my office, I'd give them 20%, they'd stay for another six months, they'd come back in my office, another 20%. It was sort of a revolving door of counter offers. It was exhausting, and it wasn't very, it wasn't good culture. And one day I woke up, and it was like, I'm done. I am just, I don't care if I get in trouble, I don't care if they fire me for this, I'm not doing this anymore. So this guy comes into my office, op- literally, I didn't even have a chance to like have my staff meeting with my leadership team. And someone shows up in my office, Lee, I've taken a job with such and such, and um, here's my two-week notice. And I said, good luck. And he was waiting for me to say, and here's your 20% counter. And I said, well, good for you. Good luck. And he was really mad. He was just so mad. with me. Why aren't you going to counter? I'm like, I'm done countering. You've already spent all this time, my time. I've already paid you to find a new job. I'm not doing this anymore. But what I hope for you is that you go to this job, you learn something great. And when you're ready to move on from there, that you call me and we have a space for you and we'll, we'll bring you back. We love having you here when you're on. But if you're not going to be on, you already showed me that you're not all in. So we're not going to spend any more time on people who are not all in. And so how can I help you? He goes, and he was just so mad. He like stomped out of me. He actually ended up being boomerang ineligible by how he left. But that moment in time was such a crystallizing thing. It was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. It is destructive. And he was expecting me to counter. And so then he left in a, a, basically a, just, it was a pile of glory, man. He And everybody knew what happened. So I called, I came out of my office. I called the staff meeting. I said, here's just what happened. I am not going to counter anymore. And I might get fired for that because that is not, that is not policy. But I'm not doing it anymore. Because it's exhausting. You all know what's going on when someone shows up in my office in the first thing in the morning. And I'm done. I'm not going to do it. Uh, what I am going to do is take that money I'm reserving for counters. I'm going to put into us. So let's go to a ball game tomorrow. And basically went to the ball game the next day. Um, when I did that, when I stopped countering, I stopped losing people. My advice to everybody is don't counter and spend all your energy on making your own space the best it can be. And understand that people have their own lives and they have their own responsibilities and they have their own dreams and that you may not be able to fill them. You probably can't fill them. Your company probably can't fill all their dreams for their whole careers. But they may be, you may be able to fill a great space, be a great place for their, in their careers two, three, four times over their lives. And if you focus on what's best for your company, great people will stay and they'll come back.
1: I know there's data that says something like, you know, it's a high percentage of people, even they take the offer, they leave anyway within one to two years anyway. So
0: don't spend any time with these people. They've already spent your time finding a new job and shame on you. If you don't know what's going on with your peeps, you know, and that's what I learned the hard way too. You know, we need to be invested. We need to understand what our people want. What is their What is their responsibility? What is their goal? Do they have responsibility for a family that is not in the area? Do they have, they want to be an artist and they're stuck in accounting. I mean, (laughs) Knowing your people um, means a lot to the people. And then you can adjust their jobs so that your great people stay in your companies, even if they have a different seat than the one that they took when they first
1: started. And doing that to me is pretty simple and pretty easy. It just takes a lot of time.
0: It's messy, man. You know, like HR, you know, the old HR used to like things, check the box, check, 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 like, you know, list. People are not, do not fit in boxes, you know? And people are messy. So if we just say, like, because we all need, you know, I have a person who, whose husband, just yesterday, she went on 10 weeks leave. Her husband, um, unexpectedly had been battling cancer. We thought, everyone thought he had beat it. And then last week he was in the hospital with some complications and he got sent home from the hospital yesterday and he's in hospice care. So she's off for 10 weeks. I mean, I can't, what am I going to do? Cut her loose? No, right? How are we going to do that? All of our turns are coming for all these family things that we will have to deal with. And if you can sort of meet those people where they are and then slot them in and move them around, people will do a great job for you, right? And people are, people are messy and we want it to be easy. We want it to be a check the box. We want to slide people in at certain titles and for certain year number of years, and they're going to show up on time all the time. Well, you know, hello, (laughs) not going to happen. Better to have, like, have a, be a, you know, if you have principles around the kind of people you hire, principles about the kind of work you um, aspire to deliver, principles about how we work together, principles about what happens when something screws up, right? Those things are well understood and known and socialized and communicated all the time. The people part sort of fills you know, makes it work. When those things are not clear and people aren't, can't fill, end your sentence on those things. That's when you need check, you know, check boxes and you move yourself pretty closely into, you know,
1: management by mediocrity, which is not a winning success. Lee, I understand you have something for our listeners.
0: Yes. So um, if your listeners want to the first five people who email me at, at lcaraher at double-forte dot com. L-C-A-R-A-H-E-R at double hyphen. F-O-R-T-E dot com. The first five people who email me with Kavness HR podcast in the subject line um, and put their address in, I will
1: send both my books to. Thank you for that. Lee. You're welcome. Lee, can you give us your social media for both yourself and, and your company so people can reach out sure.
0: to you? So you can follow me on Twitter at @LeeCareher Lee Carreher, a, at L-E-E-C-A-R-A-H-E-R and on Instagram there and on Facebook at Lee Carreher 1. And then on for Double Forte, it's Double Forte, double hyphen forte.com and at Double Forte PR for Twitter.
1: And for our listeners, we'll have the links to all uh, the, the her resources and the social media on our show notes. And our show notes are at www.cavernishrblog.com. Lee, we will come to the end of our talk. Can you give us any last minute words of wisdom or advice on anything you want to talk about?
0: Focus is your friend. And the more you can do, you know, the less of good that you do is better than more of mediocre. And if you just do one thing today with your people, it's just to ask them how they're doing and what you can do to help them.
1: Lee, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're doing a lot of great things, a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you so much, Jason. So great to talk with you. And to our listeners, thank you for your time as well. And remember to be great every day.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Cavnus HR. For more exclusive content, as well as your free copy of HR Laws, be sure to visit Cavnishhr.com or connect
1: with us on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook at Cavnish HR. Thanks again, and be great every day.